Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. I like everyone to look at this brand new week and speak into the week. I don't know what you want to say. Can you look up to God Almighty and speak into the week? And speak into the week. And speak into the week. They looked unto him and they were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. Can we just, you know, thank him for the week and speak into this new week? Oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Let's speak into the new week. Let's speak to, into this new week. What, what, speak, speak into the week. The word of faith. Speak into the week. Man la di kabashata. We declare it's a week where our steps are ordered of the Lord. We will not dash our steps against a stone. We declare that this new week is a fruitful week in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. We have days of heaven and earth. We have days of heaven and earth. We have days of heaven on earth. To you alone be all the glory. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Can we have Psalms 34 verse 5 on the screen, uh, if, you, if you can? They looked unto him, and their faces were lightened, uh, and they were not ashamed. Anytime you look up to God, thank you so much, they looked to him and were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. Shame will be far from us this season. Now, can we have that in the easy to read version on Facebook uh, last week, Monday? That was the uh, spark that we had as I was uh, leading people in prayers. I just love the way the ERV renders it. it. It says, when you look up to him, he will put smiles on your faces. If you can get the easy to read version, let me look at it. Um, Psalms 34 verse 5 Okay Do we have it on any of our devices? Easy to read version um, Psalms 34 verse 5 Okay uh, It says um, if you look to him for help he will put a smile on your face you will have no need to be ashamed I'll read it again if you look to him for help he will put a smile on your face you will have no need to be ashamed I'd like us to lift up our voice and say Lord I'm looking to you not just for this week, for the remaining days of 2019. I'm looking up to you for helps, for help. It's not my energy. It's not my connection. It's not my power. It's not 
my, my, my experience. It's you. I look up to you, Lord, concerning my business, my career. It says if you look to him for help, he will put a smile on your face. You will have no need to be ashamed. Let's look up to him for help. Express it to him. Lord, I know I've been doing this kind of business for the last 10 years, 5 years, but I'm looking to you for help. I know I am more than qualified academically, but I'm looking to you for help. I look to you for help. I look to you. I look to you for your help concerning my, my, my assignments, my travels, my projects, my family. I look to you for your help in the name of Jesus Christ. We look to you for help. And Lord, we receive those smiles. We, we declare that it's a smileful week. All through this week, we're experiencing smiles. Your own smiles. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for joy. Thank you for far. We are far from shame because you're our helper. All the glory, all the honor goes to you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we present your word to you for this week. You said if we look to you for help, you will put smile on our faces. You, we will have no need to be ashamed. So we declare that, Lord, we have your help this week in the name of Jesus Christ. In our family life, in our education, in our business, in our career, we experience your help in the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we receive those manifestations of smiles because shame will be far from us. We give you praise for a week of laughter. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Someone shouted, Amen. Now, I wanted to shout an Amen that the entire Lagos is going to hear. Especially if you're expecting smiles. Can you even smile first? Can you, can you, can you just express the smiles that you're expecting this week? Smile looks good on each one, isn't it? It takes more muscles to frown than to smile. So can you smile? Okay, praise the Lord. Now I'm going to say praise the Lord. You're going to shout in such a way that every Lagos must hear. I don't know how you're going to do it, but the entire Lagos must hear. It will shake off cold. It will shake off your bed. And then you're welcome to the service properly. Praise the Lord! Okay, okay. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, that's nice. We're talking about Limosho, Akute, uh, Arepo, and maybe Abel Kuta, if it can happen. Are you ready? Praise the Lord! It, it looks like that got to heaven, amen. Amen. Victory over worry, anxiety, and fear. Victory over worry, anxiety, and fear. Job 3.25, we started out there last week Sunday. Job 
25, when the enemy wants to attack, it comes with the attack of fear, fear, anxiety, and related emotions. Of course, in a, in a social balance, we call it negative emotions, but really, they are attacks on our lives. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what, Job 3.25, and what I dreaded has happened to me, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. So Job is saying, the thing that happened to me, I was first and foremost afraid of it. So the fear is a form of attraction, uh, of tragedies, of evil, of, of, of those negative uh, occurrence. The same way faith attracts miracles, fear attracts tragedies. So fear, as much as we want to define it as a negative emotion, is a major attack on our lives. We can find that uh, clearly in 2 Timothy chapter 1, I think verse 7, where Paul says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. So Paul was able to define fear as a spirit. He says for uh, um, 1 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So when the enemy wants to get things done, he comes with that fear. It comes in form of thoughts, thoughts, negative thoughts, uh, fearful thoughts, uh, thoughts that bind us, thoughts that weaken us, thoughts that keeps us from making moves those things are attacks, and God is giving us victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 2. So when, when, we, when we look at the, when we say negative emotions, you know, we usually say here in our church that if the enemy within does not pull you down, the enemy without cannot do anything. The, the major enemy is the enemy within, and there are these forces they come, the, the fearful thoughts, anxiety, depression. They try to hold people's lives down. Uh, if you don't have victory there, you can never have victory on the outside. Uh, 2 Chronicles 22, this is a story of a king. Uh, just to help you see how some of these thoughts come. He says, then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria, and they are in Azazon Tamar, which is Engedi. Verse 3, and Jehoshaphat, what? Feared, okay? Fear can often come from overwhelming challenges. When the enemy wants to, you know, hold your heart in fear, he throws all kinds of challenges at you. When they, they called up this king, and they told him, wow, about four major armies are coming against him, and he feared. That fear seems legitimate, but you don't let that fear stay. When it comes, you got to deal with it. And that's why we're having this series. It's going to come, you hear some news, you see some things, and your heart is gripped with fear, but you don't let that fear stay. If you allow that fear stays, stay, you have lost the battle. He says, and Jehoshaphat feared, but I love what he did, and set himself to do what? To seek the Lord, and in fact, he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. We're not going to allow these armies to defeat us. That means whatever challenge has come our way is not the end of our lives. Glory to God. God will give us victory in the name of Jesus Christ. You will look at it some days to come and laugh because it shall come to pass. Glory to God. 
I saw some definitions of anxiety and it got my attention. I, I like you to listen very well. Th those things, they appear simple, they appear normal to human living, but they are the things that keep people down from fulfilling their destiny. Anxiety means a vague, unpleasant emotion that is experienced in anticipation of a misfortune. You are like anticipating a misfortune. Something is going to go wrong. Something is going to go bad. And then some unpleasant, vague emotions well up on your inside. No wonder scripture says, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety means a vague, unpleasant emotion that is experienced in anticipation of a misfortune. To a large extent, please listen very well, to a large extent, if we can control our thoughts, we can control our emotions. To keep anxiety away from us, we need to subdue negative thoughts. So if you look at fear, you look at anxiety, you look at their other younger brother or elder sister, worry. They are all encapsulated in thoughts. The real battle is with thoughts. One great author says, the truth is that there is no actual stress or anxiety in the world. It's your thoughts that create these false beliefs. Thoughts. Thoughts. Somebody say thoughts. Or oh, say it louder. Thoughts. Okay. Uh, Wayne Dyer says, the truth is that there, are no, there is no actual stress or anxiety in the world. It is your thoughts that create these false beliefs. Hmm. Now, that means we can zero everything down to dealing with thoughts because the thoughts are going to come. Negative thoughts, fearful thoughts, thoughts of you will not make it, thoughts of you're going to die of a disease, thought of are you sure you will be appointed or are you sure you're going to get a job, thoughts of your marriage will not work, thoughts of you will not have money next year, all kinds of thoughts will come. So that they are going to come is a, like a constant. But I want you to see them as the real attacks. When we say satanic attacks, we grew up in a culture where, you know, we, because of superstitions and all those uh, oracles, diabolical things, when we say satanic attacks, we often look at it from the perspective of oh, some dreams. But even the dreams are going to put thoughts in your heart. It's thoughts. If we don't win the battle in the thought realm, we have lost the battle. And I remember growing up, you know, some experiences uh, that we, we've had, uh, I had, I, I, was, I was afraid of the dark. Somehow, many of these things was not put there by God. We grew into it. Life taught us. Experience input it into our lives. But if it is inputted, then it can be deputed. <laughs> or what? Outputted. Yes, that's our grammatical ministry in this church. If it can be inputted, it can be what? Yeah, just, just remember that it was not there when you were born. How many of us remember Juju Calabar? What was it attached to? Darkness or some weird thing. And then we grew up, many are still afraid of the dark. Some people are married now, are still afraid of the dark. Juju is coming. And that's a bit even mild, but some of the experiences, I mean, I was sharing with some of our staff in the course of the week, uh, about, it was two years ago, uh, one of, uh, I was in the study, 
and preparing for service on a Saturday evening. And then uh, Pastor Bimbo was with our daughter. And then suddenly she ran out of the room with the baby, you know, maybe seven months old baby, and she was almost dying. I saw the eyes turning, we were holding her head. You know, and that happened like three times in the space of like two weeks. So I now realize that anytime I'm studying, I'll be looking at that door. That's how we pick up strongholds. And this fear of, if I when she now opens the door to just ask, what will you eat? Your mind is saying, what did happen? Because of that experience, the stronghold that I had to break. I'm going to give you a classic example of how we pick up things. Some people are afraid of relationships now because of the way the last one broke. The guy called you. I mean, there was a lady was sharing a story with me. It was on her birthday that the guy called her and broke the relationship. So it got so bad that even to enter a new one, she's scared. And someone here too was sharing the story of how when the dad passed on, they called her, you know, and they call you that your dad, maybe your sister calls you and starts to cry, your, uh, your dad has gone, and then you start shouting, no, daddy cannot go, you know, that kind of thing. And then suddenly, anytime you see your sister call you and his phone is ringing, there's this fear that what is he going to say about mom, about something? Those are strongholds. We pick it up. Okay, and many times they, they, they stay. Now, if they stay, it can hinder you for a lifetime. We have to learn to break them. Glory to God. So I, I want to see how I can narrow down things on that because that, that's how we worry. Maybe you lost your job and then you got another job. You're not careful on the new job, you, you fidget. The, the fear of what if I make another mistake and they sack me again. Have you, have you wondered, have you noticed that sometimes when you, maybe if you, when you're growing up or if you're married and, or you're working in a particular place and then they correct you for something wrong and the correction was a bit very harsh, you start fidgeting, fidgeting and then you now make more mistakes. I just want us to be aware that these things are real. You know, we, we pick it up. Fear of failure, fear of uh, relationship breakup, fear of death. Somebody dies in the family. You know, and, and the, the thought that I won't see this person again forever until eternity. And then you begin to think, is that how somebody can just, like we say, vamoose? And then the fear can come. That, that means that person too can just go. So the moment somebody around you gets sick, your, your mind can be going to, ah, would that person also die the same way? And those are fear, fearful thoughts. Yeah. And it's Satan's domain. That is how Satan operates. Um, I, I read something in the course of the week. One famous medical practitioner said something, and I, and I agree. He says, I have never had a depressed patient who was really physically fit. I have never had a depressed patient who was really, I mean, I'm going to get there, how the way you handle your body, too, affects those emotions. You, you need to work on your, your health. When you are not physically fit, you are a candidate for all these worries, all these thoughts. You are draggy, you are slow, you are just there. Instead of waking up on time, you are just... Mm, you are you're a candidate for it. So we're going to look at the things that we, we can do to handle um, 
um, this emotion. Fear is also a negative emotion. It may be considered as an offshoot of worry and anxiety. You know, anxiety is anticipating a negative outcome. When that one holds sway in our lives, it leads to fear. Okay, so they're all brothers and sisters. But thankfully, God, has, God did not give us that spirit. He gave us a spirit of boldness, of, of kindness, of, of a sound mind. Now, what are the, um, some of the negative effects of worry, anxiety, and fear? I just want to read, uh, mention about six things, especially as it relates to health. Number one is stress. Stress. If you look at stress, many of them, I mean, it's rooted in, 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 in thoughts more, thoughts. Just, the thing just blow up in your mind, and then you are worn out. Stress. So when you are given to stress, you always stress, stress. Check your thinking pattern. And then illness, breakdown of physical health. Nervous breakdown. And this one got my attention. And aging faster than necessary. When you allow worry, anxiety, and fear to hold too much of your life, you age faster than necessary. I'm sure some of us have met people like that. That they are young, but they're already aging because they've carried the entire world on their head. And then we have hypertension. I pray that that goes down today in Jesus' name. Um, we are, when you're given to anxiety, worry, and fear, you are withdrawn and unmotivated. Insomnia. Have anything kept you awake before? That's happened to me. Something happens and then you just wake up around 1 a.m. And you cannot sleep until the early morning because you are thinking about something. And that affects your health, affects your productivity. Insomnia, nightmare, depression, and sometimes heart attack. So many health challenges are associated with worry and anxiety. So you now see why... Uh, scripture says, a merry heart doeth good like what? Because most of the ailments we're also dealing with came from it in the first place. Do you understand? I mean, if most of the ailments, uh, you know, either gets worse or even started from worry, anxiety, and fear, then if I can conquer those things, it's like administering medicine to myself. A merry heart doeth good like medicine okay now let's look at about six to seven ways to have victory over these things i'll just go through them your own might just be number seven yours might be number three i just might be one to seven but i i believe there are lessons to learn and i'll also try and speak from a bit of experience now one of the things that uh, uh encourage uh, facilitates worry and anxiety and fear is uncertainty. When you are not certain about something, when you are not certain of your future, you'll be afraid of the future. When you are not certain that you can live long, you'll be afraid of, 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 of death. You're, you're not, when you're not sure that you, can, you should live long, then you'll be afraid of death. Uncertainty. That's why the human, the human being is always looking for something to owe. Hold on to is the reason for idol worship. So you find that people prefer to have a ring where they tell them, when you wear this ring, you won't die in an accident. He's looking for certainty that he will not die. Something to hold on to. Or they give them something to wear that when you wear this thing, bullet will not enter. Don't follow them all. It's not every bullet that that's in response to. Uh-huh. In fact, there was a man in the East. It was a true story. They just did it for the man. The Abalis just did it for him. They now wanted to test it, whether it's working, and they shot him and he died. 
Both the dead body and the herbalist was taken to the police station. The pictures were there. Just to try whether what I've given you are so stand. Can you, can you test it on, on a goat? <laughs> I don't worship it makes you dull. Amen. Anyway, so we're looking for certainty. Assurance is the reason why some of us even get close to some friends. You turn the friend to an idol, almost like, ah, with this guy in my life, my financial future is safe. That's dangerous. Anything, any assurance or certainty outside God will mess you up. Please learn that. Any, any, a friend, uh, uh, anything outside God will mess you up. Sooner or later, so be careful because some of us have turned friends into God. Ah, this guy has enough money. If I have problem, somewhere, somehow, he will say to me. And then that, that, so you are using that person as a pillar. Except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. I want to say this. Our certainty, our assurance is in God's word. God's word. That's where you find those certainties. When fear comes, it's a form of uncertainty. It's a fear, it's a fear of, you know, you're not, you're, there's no assurance. So you're like, ah, nothing to put my leg on, nothing to hold on. You'll be afraid. But God's word gives us that certainty. That's why you should embrace God's word. Heaven and earth may pass away, but what happens? His word remains. His word, they can pay. Your pillar, your hope, your assurance, our certainty is the word. Look at this scripture. Uh, 1 Peter 1, 19. 1 Peter 1, 19. Don't hold on to anything as a certainty. No, don't do that. It's very, it's very dangerous. It will fail. Only God will not fail. And his word never fails. Now look at this. Is that correct? Second Peter, please. 2 Peter 1, 19. Now, the other thing I also noticed that people try to do when it comes to assurance or certainty is prophecy. Have you noticed that? They want somebody to call them out and say, Ngozi, Ngozi, the Lord says you will, you will see 10 million next week, Monday. You know, they, they, want, they want that kind of thing. That's what people, they want to move the herbalistic lifestyle of our culture into church. Now, prophecies are good. But most people want somebody to just call them and say, ah, your number is 080-000-77777. Ah, yes, correct. And then God, God is telling me now that you will marry next year. And that's what they want to hold on to. But that might never come. But look at this. Oh, can we have this in KJV, please? King James Version. I want, I want to show us something. The King James Version. Okay. We have... Also, a what? A more sure word. Say more sure word. Do you know some prophets even lie to collect money? Okay, now they are true prophets. When it's from God, it will be fulfilled. But whether that happens to you or not, you already have a bank of prophecies. He said, "We have also a more sure. It's even surer than surer." A more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. As unto a light that shines in a... Until the day dawn and the day star. Alright. You got to embrace this more sure word of prophecy. So when I read Psalm 91. With long life will he what? It's a prophecy. A more sure word of prophecy for me. 
that I will not die young. Glory to God. Now, without that, you'll be afraid of death. When you are studying God's word, it's prophecy. Don't wait until somebody calls you. Maybe you should do that when you are studying and, 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 and receive it. It's a more short of prophecy that you take heed unto as a light. It's a light that shines in the darkness of anxiety, of worry, and fear. When you run away from God's word, take your life, fear will prevail. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you read that more sure word of prophecy, it gives you faith. Or can we replace that word faith? It gives you certainties, assurance. It will subdue the fear. I believe in long life. You cannot talk me out of it. You cannot. You cannot. It's very hard. There have been too many assurances, certainties that has come from God's word into my heart. I believe in a great future because the best of God is never, even nature teaches, teaches you that. Even generations teaches you that, that when God is at work, it's always better. We didn't start with phones now. We didn't start with all these things. See everywhere. God is always on the move. So why should your future now be worse than your, your, your present? God has better plans for you and I. So those kind of things helps your mind. So I'm not afraid of the future because I've seen it in God's word. Embrace God's word. Jeremiah 15, 16. Anytime fear of something is coming to your heart, run to the refuge of the word. Hmm. Go and get two or three verses to assure you. Check concordance, check reference, let it assure you. Glory to God. Are, are you there? Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and it was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Thank you. He said, thy words were what? But I've got to, you have to find it. Thy words were found, and I did what? I ate them. I thought about them. I received it, and it was unto me the joy and what? Rejoicing of my heart. It will bring joy. It will conquer depression. It will subdue fear and anxiety. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and what? Rejoicing of where? My heart, not head, my heart. It penetrates your emotions. It penetrates your mind. Glory to God. I'm just giving you more reasons to stay with the word. Psalms 119, I think verse 89. Psalms 119, verse 89. How to deal with anxiety and fear. Forever, O Lord, thy word is what? It's settled. Settled. So, one of my mentors, he said, when you settle with the settled word, God will settle you. I like that settlement. Settle. Thy word is what? What? what can we have it in any other version? Uh, is that what? When he said his word is, you can trust it. You can lean on it. 
you can depend on it. Whether you're in Canada, or you're in Mexico, or you're in Johannesburg, or you're in Lagos, forever, your word, Lord, is what? Eternal. It stands firm. You cannot shake it. The word will shake the matter. Word, the word. So we must embrace the word. I've said it severally. The enemy will not really attack your prayer life. The enemy will attack your word life. That is where the fountain of prayer is. That is where the fountain of wisdom is. That is where the fountain of victory is. So he goes for that. So you find that you, you might like praying, but you might not really like studying the word. I'm not saying reading philosophy. The word of God interpreted to you by the Holy Spirit. It appears simple, but it's the answer. His word is settled. Lord, your word continues forever. Ever. Ever. His word is settled. So I, it's a classic for everyone that you are dealing with those negative emotions. The main answer is the word. Can somebody say the word? Say it again. The word. Okay. Then the other thing is this. Understanding your identity delivers you from insecurity. Ah. If you are waiting for us to receive you and love you before you believe that you are loved, you're going to have problems. God loves you. Can you say God loves me? God loves say it three times. I guess you will. Now, I know we are saying, but do you know some people don't really, really, really believe it? When you know that you have been accepted by the Father, the battle is almost done. You have been accepted. You have been received. Then maybe it does not really matter when somebody else does not receive me. Who, who is he in that sense? Who is she in that sense? But many of us don't receive from God. We try to look for it in people. And then you now unknowingly put your life in the hands of your auntie, in the life of a friend. They now begin to toy. When they want you to feel loved, they talk to you. When they want to feel, you know, and, they, and, and that, that is dangerous. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God gave his only begotten son. Which friend will do that for you? So don't let anybody deceive you. The main sacrifice, the main love came from God to me. So I accept that he loves me. If he can sacrifice like that for me, it's okay. Come and say, God loves me. Do you believe that? It's almost like what we were saying last week, that you must also appreciate your uniqueness. Nothing frees you from insecurity like you know, like appreciating, you know, magnifying your own office, who you are. We did some um, musical ministry last, um, what's your, is it tenor? Alto? Alto? Soprano? Soprano? Young? Victor? Do you have any? I life. <laughs> That's true because, what's it? Tenor, like that. High life tenor. Okay. Now you realize that when you say harmony in music, it is the harmonization of the various parts, isn't it? That means there is a part I have to play in life for life to be okay. 
The problem comes when you are doing alto. You now hear soprano. You now begin to feel, I'm nothing. It happens to us. I'm nothing. Huh? See how our voice is going my own. It's just Abby. Which one is always on that level? That um, alto Abby. Uh-huh. That maintaining one. Uh-huh. But somebody's going, ah, she's going higher. Me, I'm just going. And they begin to despise yourself. You begin to feel insecure that I'm not really gifted. And then you don't make the mistake of trying to behave like soprano. But that's not your primary strength. So you now become a second-hand tokumbo soprano. So when they are even looking for the best of sopranos, they never pick you up, which will worsen your emotional state. But that soprano, no matter how they go, they will still need my alto or tenor. It's like music. You have the R&B. What, what, what's R&B? Let's use script, uh, gospel... We have worship, are we? <laughs> we have R&B. Which one again? Pastor Jacker, if you know those things, no. Hip rock. Yes, IK rocks. Yeah. Classics. How many of us listen to classic FM here? But is that the only station we have? We have the other ones, right? Now, can you imagine if the only station we have is classic? Life go tie everybody now. That God had to teach me that to liberate me from insecurity. That even in ministry, there is a portion I have given you. None of your colleagues can fit it. Let them do theirs, but I need you to do yours. That's why I didn't make you like them. And then I began to see God using me when they call us for meetings. They, when, when they are planning a meeting, it's okay. We want a pastor that can handle this part that can lead people in maybe extensive prayers for like one hour and all those kind of, you know, and let's call this person. But we also need two days of wisdom, you know, wisdom. Someone that can teach us principles that will help us understand God. Ah, who can do that? Ah, come Pastor Yemi. You understand that kind of thing? Now, can you imagine if I've left my portfolio and become a revivalist or an evangelist like, like that? When they're looking for you, they won't find you. It's like football. You are either a defender or a, an attacker, a midfielder. And then you now do your part so well, they will call you the best. We have goalkeepers. Some people, that's their own destiny. They will be in the goalpost. And some keepers, I will not say much. Come on, say, I love myself. I love myself. Say it for the first time. I love who God has made me. I love... I am fearfully and I'm well crafted. I'm well positioned. I'm unique. When we come to church, even sometimes we have some songs that are slow, isn't it? And slow and worship God. But at times you want the rock, isn't it? That I can use to shake the stage, shake the speakers. We need those things. They say variety is the spice of life. So without you, we are not complete. You must value who you are. The nose should not be competing with the eyes. The legs should not try to be like the fingers. It will deliver you. You know why? We all go to, as a, as a young person, when you notice that they are celebrating someone, we always equate it as, I am a failure. I said, if you're in the same set, 
No, they are celebrating that person's uniqueness. You know, and many of us, because of our upbringing, and our parents did not help us at all, you know, uh, they, they keep saying things like, see your elder brother, see your elder sister. So we grew up with the mentality of, I got to behave like my elder brother. You are not your elder brother. You are not your elder sister. So when, when you hear those things for like 20 years, you are almost living a false life. You want to impress your mother. You want to impress your uncle by being what they said about your brother. No. So you come to a church now, and then maybe you're in leadership or whatever team, and then you see them celebrating one particular person. Unconsciously, it you know, resonates like your mom's voice or your dad's voice, meaning this person is better than you. you are no, they're not saying that. We are free in the name of Jesus Christ. And the main freedom there is being your best you, your best you. It's when you now downplay or you don't handle yourself well, that becomes a problem. But if you really appreciate yourself, you will work on it. I, as a book I started reading yesterday night about millionaires. And this man said, truly rich people financially, that if we notice, many of them don't really take vacations. And the reason is they enjoy what they are doing. That what they are doing has become like vacation, leisure. So they don't really crave something else. So the guy was asking, do you like, can you like, can you work on yourself, and enjoy what you are doing so much? That's why when they not even make millions, they keep working because they enjoy it. But if your work is to get money, the moment you make the money, your hard work ethic disappears. Because that's been your goal. And I love that. I ruled it, ruled it as Holy Spirit. Help me to enjoy what I'm doing much more. When you enjoy it, it's like vacation. It's like you are inside water as a fish. So stress will be far. You're enjoying it. I now see why some of my mentors, they hardly take vacation. Because they, are, they, are, they enjoy what they are doing. They are inside it. They are vacationing. Praise the Lord. So while you are where you are, I know Nigeria or our developing nations, you don't always have the opportunity of doing what you like, but you know you can like what you have on your way to getting what you want. Right? What is the essence of fighting everybody when you cannot change it tomorrow morning? Many of us will still wake up tomorrow morning now and still go to, do, to our work. So what is the essence of not hating it? Can you work on your mind and enjoy it some way, somehow, in fact, that attitude is what will help you get what you want. Smile, everybody. Smile, smile. You don't like your boss. Pray about him. Pray about her. Lord, help me with this person. When you pray for God's helps, it's either God's remo God removes that person or changes you, you know, you know, or changes that person. But God will always come through. But don't let anything external drown you. Don't pray against me in the office, please. Because I said hallelujah when I just said it. I said hallelujah. I said, so, Pastor, if we don't like you in the office, we can pray. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> then, number next, whatever next number. Are you okay this morning? Can you see me clearly? Are you sleeping? <laughs> I hope this is making sense, right? The, the next point is fortify your mind with the positive thoughts. 
Do you know, Victor, that our world is so negative? Negative everywhere. I was in a meeting yesterday. They were explaining to us how uh, Ikoi, Parkview, and all those places were flooded. How people are selling their houses. And they've spent millions upon millions on handling the flood. In Ikoi, I said, Ikoi, are you sure? I said, yes. Ah, very bad. That people don't even park at, in their house. They park far. And then you now get up and sit down to watch news. What do you see again? Negative. Negative news. The word is negative. So if you don't intentionally fortify your mind with positive stuff, you might unconsciously be negative. I've seen people, one lady said to me, I was last week, he said, Pastor, I don't know what happened to me. I just woke up that morning. I looked, there was no electricity at home. Everything was bad. I started cursing the president. <laughs> I said, what did you do? He said, don't go better. You said, I'm cursing. That you will never know peace. You <laughs> I mean, and, but she said, she got herself together in the course of the week and said, why am I allowing these things to get at me? There's a better way. And she told me what she did, and she's better off now. The word is negative. But what they call news should be bad news. But they call it breaking news. <laughs> Don't break your heart. 75 people died. In the, ah. They don't tell you that there's peace in one nation. They don't tell you that they found uh, some, you know, they don't, they don't focus on that because our world is negative. So you got to in, intentionally get positive pictures. I, I did something last week. Um, one of the courses we do in um, um, GII is a vision board where you, you are led by a teacher, one of our facilitators, to teach about the future. What do you see about your future? And then can you get pictures concerning that and put it either on a, on, on, on a board that you can see regularly? So I had my own uh, private session. I was great. Now what do you see in the next 10 years, 20 years? You know, and I had one or two people to join me to just help out. You know, what do you see? And there's this excitement in the room. I see this. I see that. I want to work with government. I want to be someone that helps to negotiate peace. I want to be like Joseph that can counsel the president. I've seen that many years ago. And, and you know, that came up. And so what does that mean today? You're a broker of peace. Maybe if I do it well, I can be a Nobel Prize. What do you call it? Nobel Prize. So that became one of the goals I have. That someday I should be able to win this prize. Working for peace in Africa. It changes you. It lifts you above problems. Somebody's looking at me, Pastor. I will win it. Amen. 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 Why are you looking at me? You? Yes, me. <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize. So I told my PA to help me get pictures of how they received those Nobel Peace Prize. And you put my picture on it. And then put the person that usually give them. And then give him. And then if you see that every day, will you, will you be depressed? He keeps you running. I saw us opening up centers all around Nigeria or Lagos where we have viewing, you know, um, what do they call it? Meet, uh, centers where the, the, the broadcast was happening from the good land. There will be a leader there, but with LED screens. I saw that. And I, I got the picture yesterday. Just, just somewhere in Apapa, somewhere in Alimoshaw, in Korodu, and then on a Sunday morning or midweek service, all over. And then you are on one spot and you are all over the place. What do you see? 
Fortify your mind with positive things. Look five years ahead. Ten years. Don't let the present challenge eh, darken your heart. Fortify your mind. Get pictures. Put it on your, on your device. When you open up your phone or your pad, you know, you just see it first. Move ahead. Fortify your mind. Replace the negative with the positive, okay? Um, okay, I've got to round up. Oh, my time is gone. I wanted to talk about uh, ah, Holy Spirit. Ah, man, they do stupid. This tikka, man. Power court. Someone say power court. Mark 9, 43. Mark 9, 43. There are vehicles of fear. There are vehicles of depression. One of the things any smart person will do is to look out for those vehicles and cut them out. Do you, do you understand me, Chef? Me? Hmm? Vehicles. If you look at the things that make you angry, make you fearful, make you unhappy, there are often certain vehicles. So the principle Jesus was teaching here, he says, if your hand does what? Causes you to sin, what do you do? I, I read something from a book. Uh, what's that book? Uh, Winning Minds. Or, no. Ah, what's that book? Many years ago, and the one chapter was Power Court. And it was talking about this same principle. That if you want to succeed in life, you must learn to cut things out. People, places, things. Many people are depressed because of sentiments. He said, if your hand, that is, no matter how close the thing is, it might have to go if you must enjoy life. It's very tough, but it's reality. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, and sin even leads to depression, cut it what? That is strong. But he said, it is better for you to enter life. <laughs> now, can you replace that word life with joy, fulfillment, uh, maximizing my destiny? It's better to enter that with one hand then with the two hands, I'm a complete failure. And it's using hand because the thing that needs to be caught might be very, very, very close to you. Something you are very used to for a whole life. It's my cousin. It's my cousin before I was born. You don't have to be close to him or her. Or a particular place you often go. I know people that when they go and visit some of their family members, when they leave the place, they are depressed. Because of things that happen there every time. When they go there, they first eye them. They will sit down. Uh, How's everything? Uh, okay, well done, you know. And then, uh, you always leave the place depressed. Can you, can you ban them for one year? That won't step here. Let me face my life. Next verse, please. Our time is gone. You need to cut some things off. There will be bloodshed in this context. Where the worms die, no, blah, blah. Number 45, 45. And if your foot causes you to sin, what do you do? It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched. Now, this is talking about eternal damnation. But the principle holds now. You can live in hell now because of his wrong relationship, wrong connection, wrong places. Call it off. <laughs> I remember when I got into Ife many years ago. Uh, I, I met his friends, you know, first year. I met them, two guys, we're just very close. Oh, yeah, me, and then we're, we're like a trio, you know? 
And then, but I didn't know who they were. I didn't know where they're coming from. Then suddenly I see them, they go and play snooker during classes. They be, ah, <laughs> Asuna went on strike. Then, was during the break, I looked at it. I just entered the school. If I continue with these people, <laughs> so when, before I got back to school, I said, I can't be their friend. Not hatred. I cut it off. And I know what happened. I started seeing how their grades were slowing down. They were just playing around campus. I couldn't do that. By final year, the gap was very wide. Today, two of those guys still respect me. Cut it off. Tell your neighbor, cut it off. It could be a place you are used to. It could be someone you are, and then you look at, you, you, you analyze it very well. Ah, this thing needs to be, you know, Jonah was in a ship, and he had problems with God. But the problems he had with God was affecting the entire ship, not him alone. Some people's mistakes affect them alone. There are some mistakes people make that affects the entire team. So if you are in that kind of boat, it's either you leave the boat or the person leaves the boat. I'm telling you how to succeed now. It's either you leave, and if you are not on a boat on the ocean, how do you leave the boat? Or you're in a plane. So they were in the boat. There was disaster on the horizon. It was bad. And in those days, they used to do a lot of casting of lots. Jonah was sleeping in the boat. I've read that Jonah many times. You know why I love the book of Jonah? Jonah was not a sinner. When we say power court, it's not that the person you are cutting off is an evil person. But it's not for your season. It's not for your fertilization. It's not that Jonah is evil, but Jonah has a problem he needs to settle with who? With God. It's not that we are saying Jonah is a sinner. He said, no, but if he's with you, what God is trying to deal with will catch you. So the, 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 one of the sailors was moving around the boat, uh, the, boat uh, the ship, and now so he's sleeping. So I also learned that the thing you need to cut off might not be something very active. The thing could be something just there. It doesn't look like it's troubling you. The person might not look like, but it might be a troubler. Or the thing, it could be a staff in your office. So it's not always the thing that is very showy. No, it might just be something quiet. You are sleeping. You know, woke him up. We are all praying upstairs. We are all, and you are, come on, my, my friend. They now got there. They now cast lots. It now fell on him. Then I asked him, what, what, what happened? He said, yes, I have a problem with God. He said it. People know their problems, though. Don't, dis- don't, don't let them deceive you. They know their problems. They know what they've done, like Akan. He said, I, I, God told me to go to Nineveh, but I don't want to go to Nineveh. That's why I bothered this Tashi. They said, why are you doing this? He said, I, I, I don't know. Then I asked him, what should we do? You know what he told them? Throw me out. Jonah is a good man. He said, throw me out. He told them to throw him out. They said, no, how can we throw you out? A whole human being. When it's not a fish. No, that's unfair. That's unreasonable. That's cataclysmic. That is unfair. They left him in the boat. Then the disaster multiplied. They just went to Wadi. They don't know a question. They just carried him and did what? 
And the peace return. May peace return to our businesses. May peace return to our families. My pastor shared one story. He said somebody came from their village one day. And he said he told the family he must not sleep in their house. But the way everything went, you know when the devils will attack you, until the person eventually slept. He said what he saw overnight. That night, somebody would have died in that house. That person was carrying bad spirits. The attacks they faced that night. So the next morning, go. Not everybody sleeps in your house. For the sake of your children now. Just, just stay there. No, you watch people's legs by the spirit. Some visit by five. God bless you. Take 3,005 on your way to worry. Not everybody sleeps in your life. These are things that we need so that we will live a joyful life. He said he knew that person, the one big bird was killed that morning inside the house. People have things that you don't know. Look at Jonah. Somebody's buying tickets. Will you know that he's having a problem? Oh, Where are you going to? I'm going to Tashi. You don't know that he's running from God. Okay, enter. God bless you. Yeah, enter. And then you problem. And then you see that somebody has a problem when you move him out of the ship. What happened next? Hmm? Fish did what? Is that the people's problem? Whose problem? Is Jonah's problem. That's how you also know at times. When the man left the ship, a whole fish swallowed him. Ah. You and God should go and settle, but don't cobalize me. <laughs> Am I making sense? When some of those things go, our joy will return. Our peace will be restored. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. Hallelujah. So they call it bloodshed. A positive bloodshed. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Man, Give me fresh appetite for your word. Can you pray that prayer? Give me fresh appetite. You know, this Jonah story too is from the word you learn it. It's the word that gives you wisdom. It's the word that gives you certainty. It's the word that gives you a hope and a future. Lord, give me a fresh appetite for your word. I repent of ways I've neglected your word. Give me fresh appetite for your word. Father, give me fresh appetite for your word. Open my eyes to understand when I study. Holy Spirit, en en enhance my, my, my relationship, my romance with the word. Oh, give me fresh appetite for your word. Open my eyes, open my eyes. Your word gives joy. Your word gives peace. Your word gives direction. Open my eyes, Lord. Can you pray? Can you just pray? I've said so many things this morning about the word, about replacements. Can you pray? Can you say words? Can you ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you? Savala Vasokroboro Kosata. 
Mandele kosa katala ba 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 my strength and shield you my eyes closed briefly if you are here except except you know Jesus you don't know joy you don't know life that emptiness can only be filled by the Holy Spirit if you are here you want to surrender your heart to Jesus for the very first time or rededicate your heart to him I want to pray for such people this morning can you raise your right hand you're watching on TV, watching online, on Facebook or YouTube. Wherever you are, you want to rededicate your heart to Jesus or surrender your heart for the very first time. Lift one hand up, God bless you, and put the other hand on your chest and begin to pray and say, Father, where else can I go? You are my peace. You are my joy. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Come in today. Come in to stay. I renounce Satan. I renounce darkness. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And from this moment, I'm rescued, rescued completely from darkness to serve the living God. Holy Spirit, help me. I will never need to go back to darkness. Thank you for restoring my joy. Thank you for restoring my hope. Thank you for restoring my destiny. All the glory goes to you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me pray with the Lord. Thank you for these precious ones. The hold of darkness on their hearts are broken to pieces. Holy Spirit, let your invasion be thorough. Let these destinies be completely rescued. They will never need to go back to darkness again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone, can we put our hand on our chest? Lord, we thank you because we don't want religion our relationship with you is what makes the difference. This morning we ask for fresh grace to embrace your word as interpreted by the Holy Spirit, not philosophies of men. That you open our eyes that we may see. Let that word encourage us. Let that word build us. Let that word drive fear away from our lives. Let that word keep us from evil. Let your word be the assurance that we have. For your word is a more sure word of prophecy. Lord, anyone under the, under my, under the sound of my voice battling with depression, with the stronghold of fear, as we partake of your flesh and your blood, the hold is broken in the name of Jesus. I set you free in the name of Jesus Christ. In case anyone is under the sound of my voice and you are contemplating suicide, Lord, let it come to an end now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, great Spirit, awesome Spirit, invade our lives. 
shield us from the attacks of the darkness of this world. We receive victory. We walk in dominion. We give you praise, Father. For you will use us to also rescue others. We give you the glory. And Lord, if there be any Jonah or anything, place that has become the avenue, the channel that Satan wants to use to keep us in bondage. Lord, let them be exposed this season in the name of Jesus. And give us the grace to take the right steps so that we will not drown. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Please put your hands together for the Lord. God bless you. Are you putting your hands together for the Lord? Praise God. Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. At The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Thank you.